Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Another podcast coming at you this week, but before we get into that, let's kick off a review that we got from Catasick, a must for the air-cooled VW enthusiast. If you are an old-school air-cooled VW guy, no matter the style or subset of the scene, you should listen to this. Put it on often when working my office-based day job, and it's opened my eyes to a bunch of new parts of the VW scene in history I never knew. Keep up the good work, Bill and team. We appreciate the five-star review, and don't forget, if you give us a five-star review, you get a shout-out on the podcast. Now, also supporters, I got Albert Brazil out of Visalia, California, supported the podcast by picking up some merch, and I really appreciate you guys supporting the podcast, man. So thanks so much much and enjoy your 15 minutes of fame and let all your friends know you're famous matter of fact take this podcast and send it to all your buddies so that they can enjoy some good vw talk remember to also support the people that support your favorite podcast that would be vw trends magazine a magazine for the people by the people not the same old orange county cars in it week after week and month after month vw trends magazine an eclectic mix of vw's from all around the country showing off the different scenes throughout our nation check it out now subscribe today at vwtrendsmagazine.com that's vwtrendsmagazine.com. Also check out Ross Wolf Shift Coupler for your early beetle or bus. It's a perfect performance replacement that won't come apart and fail. The coupler's machine from T6061 aluminum that has the strength of structural steel and properly fits your VW shift rod and nose cone. Fast with stainless steel grub screws and lock nuts, it's a shame to have something this attractive that's hidden underneath the tunnel of the car. Matter of fact, my homeboy Lionel Mendoza bought one this week, posted a little bit up on Facebook, so I appreciate you guys supporting Ross Wolf. One of the supporters of your favorite podcast they make some great stuff guys go check out their website at rosswolf.com upcoming events now is going to be blitz beach 2 that's going to be at the samoa raceway in eureka california the guys at fast four cartel are doing it again so make sure you guys go out there and check it out it's going to be august 27th and 28th who knows i'm going to try to see if i can get out there my boy george mccallook a friend of the podcast and my assistant executive producer uh he's pushing me to come out there so you may just see me out there and grab some good content and interviewing some of the drag races that are there make sure you support the dudes at fast four cartel because they're really putting the effort into keeping this thing going man so i appreciate those guys for all they're doing I also want to remind you about October 7th and 8th this year. That's going to be one crazy weekend here in Las Vegas. The most fun you can have in your Volkswagen. Here in Las Vegas, cruising the world-famous Las Vegas Boulevard Strip. That's right. So you get to cruise Las Vegas Boulevard Friday night in an organized strip cruise. Later that evening, a meet and greet hanging out at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Saturday morning kicks off with a car show with a top 20 and a few best of trophies going out. A little break in between. And then we kick off with the world-famous poker run. That's right. You get a chance to cruise around the streets of Vegas and win a few thousand dollars for you and your friends. So this year we'll be giving away another couple thousand bucks and I really appreciate all those that came last year. This year it keeps growing. So make sure you go to letstalkdubs.com. Click on the showtime link. All the information to book your room is there. So go to letstalkdubs.com. Click on showtime. Get the code for your room. Book it at least 30 days in advance. It's Vegas. October is jam-packed. Make sure you reserve your room now. Don't say I didn't warn you because I'll tell you when you come to town to cry about not having a room. I told you to book your rooms early they're reserving rooms for us guys so book your rooms now if you want to be at the greatest vw event that's going to take place in las vegas let's talk dubs in the wagon one crazy weekend brought to you by finley volkswagen i appreciate all you guys for supporting the podcast this week we're talking to rob molner he's with impy vice president of sales and marketing another podcast i got to do while i was down at the vw classic which i'm super stoked is back george and i will be doing a round table about the vw classic the event the experience the weekend it's coming back it's going to be jamming next year looking forward to it so if you guys didn't get a chance to go out there this year make sure you prepare to go next year because we'll be there again but without any further ado guys let's get into it this week with rob molner vice president of sales and marketing for MP on this week's let's talk dubs 
the new VW Fastback Sedan. The Fastback also has the most powerful engine we've ever made. It's air-cooled. Okay, everybody, again, we're back here at the Classic 2022, and I'm, I'm knocking out interviews like crazy. And there's been some things changing over at MP over the past couple of years. You know, a few years ago, we had the CEO from MP that was on here, who's no longer there anymore. And things have been changing, and MP's been kind of on an upswing. And so to reach out to those guys, they were a, they've been a huge sponsor of a lot of events and have really been supporting the scene out there of all of us enthusiasts. And so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to get the Vice President of Marketing, Rob, Molner on the podcast today. And so Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. It's great to be here. So, you know, Impy's been going through a change and, and over the past couple of years have been a lot of things evolving. You're on board as the new vice president of marketing. What have you seen as your exposure into the scene? Because you've been in the European market for a long time. I have, yes. And your background, obviously being in marketing and all these things, what have you what have you seen different about the VW scene compared to the other car scenes out there? Oh, that's a great question, Bill. Um, you know, the number one thing that I get from a show like this is is not just the the energy. It's not just oldsters. It's not just youngsters. It's VW is universal. It is loved by so many people from so many different walks of life. It doesn't matter if your wallet's fat or your wallet is thin right. or your wallet is whatever medium is these days. Um, the people that love VWs, they really freaking love VWs. And the vast majority of them are tuned in on MP. They know MP. They've got an MP story. Some of them are awesome. Some of them, not so much. And I've heard lots of different kinds of stories. <laughs> and and what's interesting about, about this hobby is, yeah, what's interesting about this hobby is that the VW people, as great as the people are, they're also going to talk to you like family would. They will. You know what I mean? They have, yes. Which may be coming from a European a European automotive background. It may be a little different because they're a little more reserved about things. But sometimes I, I, I think it's I think it's good for that, you know, as far as like that direct input. And also with Impy, have you ever been involved with a brand that is the biggest brand in that market? This has been um, a whole new pinnacle for me in my career. Yeah. If you uh, if you were older, you might remember a brand called J.C. Whitney. Yep. That's probably the closest. I helped them celebrate a hundredth anniversary, and did a big uh, world tour and build a bunch of vehicles and did a sweepstakes. So there there's a lot of crossover there, but um, the sheer number of events that we can go to that are just hardcore air cooled. Um, this market is completely different, but the fact that 
virtually every everyone knows MP makes me feel great and it makes me feel like the best work I'm going to do in my career well, is coming up. It's a monumental task, right? I mean, you've got it's, it's been a challenged brand in the past mm -hmm. where um, I think what happens is, you know, anybody that's in an industry and you become the 800 pound gorilla, you kind of set the standard for things. And when mm -hmm. you're the top dog and your standard is maybe more focused on less focused on quality and more on profit, mm -hmm. it starts to bring a negative connotation to sure. the brand. Yes. And then there's history of that that's got to be overcome. Mm -hmm. And then as being as being the 800 pound gorilla in the VW world, there's really you have the opportunity to, to either either <laughs> fade out right. or shoot to the moon. Right. 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 And I and I know that MP's goal is to really take it to the next mm -hmm. level and really increase that level of quality. Mm -hmm. What types of things have and, and, and that's got to be different for you as well, because your history is with J.C. Whitney. And I may, how long are you with J.C. Whitney? I was there over a decade. Okay. So with J.C. Whitney, the perspective that I have was like, J.C. Whitney is a catalog for just about every kind of car. Mm -hmm. It's a market, it's a car, mm -hmm. and they get into it. Mm -hmm. And whatever people's disposition was on J.C. Whitney, mm -hmm. they're in that market. Mm -hmm. What they were really good at was marketing, getting in front of faces, right. having people mm -hmm. pick up the catalog yep. and order parts. Otherwise, they yep. wouldn't be around. Yeah, and it's a very different business model. MP is always to the dealer. So um, when you're not speaking directly to the consumer, the voice is different. Yes. Um, but I, what I like what you said earlier, Bill, in terms of the, the focus on the quality, because we can talk about that all day long. Yeah. The reality is we're putting out new, better product. Um, not everybody asked for stainless steel exhausts, right. but you're going to see us put out a whole new line of stainless steel exhausts. So the first, um, the first of those are already on the street. We've already got them out the door. So um, you can go to our YouTube channel. You can see the exhaust fitted up. You can hear it, but you can see it on the dyno. So we're not just making the better product. We're actually telling the story about why and how did it get better. So that's in-house design. Mm -hmm. That's TIG welded. That's mandrel bent. And there are other guys doing stainless exhaust. We can name a few of them, right? Some of them are here. Um, I think the, the best part is that nobody was expecting that from MP. Yeah. And we just said, hey, take a look at this. Yeah. And the response has been very, very good. No, and I, and I think part of the technology is there. You're in an arena where there's all kinds of technology and you guys being who you are can bring it into the scene mm -hmm. or decide to go around it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I don't know if you've ever been in an industry where it's, it's so much by the people. Mm -hmm. Like there are small shops you're competing with because they specialize and specialize. And it's counter, in my opinion, it's counter to the, um, it's counter to the statement that people always have. Oh, you know, Home Depot ran these guys out of business, and 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 all these things. And my attitude's always been like, well, to contrast Home Depot, you've got McFadden Dale, and McFadden Dale yeah. specializes that's in a, things. That's a that's a great reference. Yes, that Home Depot cannot. So the Correct. difference is, you can it, when big competition comes in, you can specialize. Exactly. Because big big people can't specialize. Right. But now from you being on the other side of that and you see a lot of high quality stuff. And I think, I think it's also a demographic thing too because the average age of some of the enthusiasts, you still have the entry level enthusiasts, but you've also got a lot of our generation is in their 40s and 50s, which is the highest level of disposable income. And so now people are not afraid to spend, I mean, when I bought an exhaust system for $700 back in 2000, people thought I was crazy. Right, yes. I had to order it out of Germany. Mm -hmm. Stainless exhaust in my bull run bus, and it's like, 
but I wanted sure. exhaust that fit for my conversion for the Type 4 and doing all the stuff that I was doing, mm-hmm. and they made it in Germany. So the market stands to show that there's there's room for that higher quality mm-hmm. level, but there's also people that want the entry level price point. So yeah. I think you've got a challenge in being able to service both mm-hmm. because this is probably, you know, there's a saying in marketing, right? That you've really got to focus in on your market because you can't you can't sell to everyone right. because then you have no market. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part is about the VW scene is everyone's in this market. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, if you really, if you stop and look at what, what MPE is about, it's about supporting the hobby. Mm-hmm. It's about supporting dealers. It's about supporting end users. The guys actually turning the keys and driving their, their bug or their bus or whatever they've got mm-hmm. to an event like this. Yeah. So um, I look at the task as having multiple levels. The reality is if dealers like our parts, they're going to help people find our parts. If shops and installers like our parts, they're going to help people find the parts. And more importantly, somebody comes to a show like this, sees our new exhaust, said, you know what? I like the way that tucks up right in the valance. It tucks right up in the cutouts. I don't want an exhaust hanging down. Right. A lot different styles, right? There's 50,000 canvases we can all paint. What do you want yours to look like? We can probably get it for you. Now, you guys have really a, a brain trust of people over there that have been in the industry for a long time. A lot of old school guys, yep. some new school guys, and a lot of opportunity to really dig into some of that, um, some of those people and get from their perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because you've got the hard part of as the marketing guy to be able to juggle it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the logistics side and you've got the development side, right? Yep. And so trying to put those pieces together to be able to bring something to market because everybody's got their million dollar idea that you're going to sell three of. But what does that do for you? <laughs> yeah, no, you... I think you've uh, you've seen this TV show before, Bill. That's the feeling I get. So, you know, I I love nothing more than somebody reaching out to me on our Facebook or our Instagram or YouTube or whatever and saying, "What about this? Can you make one of these?" Somebody was asking about a 17-inch uh, Fuchs look wheel, but can you make it seven inches wide? Well, I don't know if anybody asked for, you know, or no, I'm sorry, this 17 by seven we have. They were asking about a five and a, a half. Maybe a yeah. five and a half. There you go. So, I mean, wheels are something that are pretty personal, depending on what my stance is going to be like, by my front to back. So, if people let us know they have an idea, they want something different, there's there's a high likelihood we'll take a close look at it. Yeah. Um, but if we talk about the engineering, I mean, you, you hit it pretty well. You know, there's an engineering part of the company. There's a procurement part of the company. There's a design part of the company. There's a marketing part of the company. When all those things line up, really good things happen. So what's some of the new stuff? You got the stainless exhaust. Yep. Any other new things that you guys are working into development on that's, uh, that you give us a little sneak peek sure. on? Sure. I mean, it's um, four-wheel Willwood brake kits with a real emergency brake, not a pseudo-emergency brake like some people have had it on the street that'll line up with your with your factory cables. Um, we've got um, scalloped rotors that are coming out. There's you know different style, different look. Um, we've got uh, what I'm really excited about are brand new forged trailing arms. Oh, really? Brand new forged spindles. Oh, really? Right, right. So this idea of I'm going to build a new beam and what I'm going to do is go to the junkyard and find four trailing arms that are maybe straight and maybe not cracked. And then I'm going to maybe find somebody to press in a ball joint for me. Um, the, the concept that we're going to sell you four new trailing arms that have been checked in a VW factory jig that they are straight and they're forged, that Volkswagen hasn't had them on the market for quite a while. 
Um, that kind of stuff excites me because if I was going to build a brand new front end, I don't want one of the most important pieces to be used yeah. or maybe cracked when I'm going to put, you know, what, $1,200, $1,500 left to right. I want it to handle. Well, it's interesting because a beam, you know, VW parts are, they've normally been known as being so inexpensive, but in reality, you've seen people spend, I mean, on a front suspension, now you're going to spend $2,500 end to end yeah. between brakes, beam, lines, yeah. It, yeah. all that stuff. It's going to be anywhere. I mean, I think on the, on the cheapest end, it's going to be $1,500 to, to $2,500, depending on what you want. Mm -hmm. And I've heard from several people in the industry that they don't, they can't get that's been the shortage has been getting the spindles, getting the mm -hmm. getting the parts and pieces. So it's yeah. definitely a, a definitely a void that needs to be filled. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's pretty awesome that MP has the connections and the wherewithal to kind of put it together yeah. and, and get it put out. And there. that's our design. That's that's our procurement in terms of manufacturers that can produce a forged spindle, a forged drop spindle, mm -hmm. a forged trailing arm. So that's that's our design and our quality that we check in and say, yep, that meets our dimension and our spec. Um, you know, the other part of it, think about the heartache of you find four used arms. If they're not right, if right. you take them to a guy who doesn't know how to do ball joints and he screws them up, then you got to start your process again. So why not get four fresh new ones? Plus the other piece of it is the, you know, the dimensional accuracy. We've been used to, you know, uh, a modified beam, right? A cut beam it throws off all the geometry. So the steering's not quite right, doesn't feel quite right, and you can chase alignment over and over and over, and it's still not gonna be perfect. And now we can build a perfect brand new front end. Now with your experience in other markets, and a lot of a lot of other, uh, you know, European, uh, like especially in the European market, things to that extent, when you came over here, did you, did you, is there anything that you saw that you thought, oh, maybe there's a market for this over here, and then you thought like, nope, it's just a different market altogether. Like anything surprised you about this market? Oh gosh, um, I think the most surprising thing is the uh, just how ferocious people that know MP and like MP they are. They are just completely invested in MP. They are even if they got a part that didn't fit right and they had to persuade it to fit, they they still love MP. And I. That is something new. I have not lived in that environment because consumers are challenging sometimes. Yeah. Um, but when we have the the dealers and then we have the end customers, there can be translation that can be lost. There can sure. be information that doesn't get all yeah, the way past. You get a dealer that's kind of tired and he's ready to wrap it up and throw in the towel and retire, and he doesn't want to return somebody's money on something. Yeah. It's easy to blame MP. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's well put. So. The um, just how passionate, and I, I know that phrase means different things to different people, but I'll, I'll call it investment. Yeah. People are really invested in MP and the brand, and they truly want to see high quality parts. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a section that says, I liked it better when that exhaust was $200, right. and now it's $400. But to your point, there are lots of flavors of exhaust, and we want to offer something for virtually every budget. Now, anything anything on the market that, like with this it's interesting because you're in such a unique market because it's really a classic car market mm -hmm. and with that market you it's easy to say well you look at what happened with mp back in the 70s right they were bought by filter dynamics and then shortly after they were purchased by filter dynamics 
Volkswagen comes out with a Super Beetle. Unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what was happening. They weren't ready for it. And right. then Filter Down was like, you know what? We're not just going to retool and do all this stuff. You know, sure. and sales are waning because that's the time when everybody's looking for new, new, new. Yeah. So with this market being older and over the past 10 years, lots of styles have changed. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. It's hard to be able to pinpoint where the market's going, but it's also somewhat predictable. Is there anything that you guys are in, in any way that you guys try to try to get what is what's some of the barometers telling you which way things are going or what are you guys doing to look for that stuff? Well, I have to say, um, from my perspective, social media is the very best kind of radar screen mm-hmm. of what people are into. What are they responding to? And not just, you know, the like or the hard or whatever. I mean, that's great. We, we love that. Our social media presence has grown triple digits since January. That's awesome. Yeah. The reality is every day I get messages from people around the world. Um, I had no idea how big MP was in yeah. Brazil. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I'm going to European yeah. Bug-In uh, next month. I'm excited about getting a whole nother perspective. Uh, we'll be at Goodwood with uh, Inch Pincher 4 with, uh, with, with one of those cars. And to be able to go to a Mecca like Goodwood or to European Bug-In, and really get up close and personal with folks. I'm excited about that. Um, but your your question about the the classic market, I, I I don't see this as a classic market. I see this as people just love these cars. They do. And it doesn't really matter how old it is. Um, everybody's got their own take. Uh, everybody's got their own style, and everybody has their own idea of what their car should look like. Yeah. And the reality is, if 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 you or I bought one of these cars out here today what we would want it to look like could be totally different. And yes. so the, the, there's such a um, an opportunity to make it yours. And the MP catalog, as you know, is pretty fat. Uh, yeah. We've got virtually everything. It's a blank canvas for mm-hmm. sure, every one of these cars. But I, I, I see some of the, as the older cars get harder and harder to find, yes. people are starting to push after the newer cars. Yes, yes. You know? So like, Bay windows are now becoming increasingly more mm-hmm. um, popular because as the older split window buses are hard to find, the yep. bay windows are now getting more popular. Yep. And so you're seeing a lot of that, which then opens up more market opportunities mm-hmm. for you guys because as people start to customize those, you know, it's 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 an expanding market of classic cars because yep. of the availability of the vehicles. Sure. But I think, you know, the market being so big, there's so much... There's so much, and what I mean by market being so big, it's the it's the most mass. The Beetle's the most mass-produced car of all time. Yep. And now having that as your platform, mm-hmm. it kind of you know it's going to go for a while. Mm-hmm. So trying to stay ahead of it, and and Impy really with their ear to the ground, they can stay ahead of it mm-hmm. and really be be there. So, yeah. um, anything from the standpoint of racing stuff that you guys are starting to do, or performance things that's that's new that's coming up, you guys are oh, working boy. on. We've got. Um, We've got some performance stuff coming up that's going to knock your socks off. I can't uh, can't pull the cloak back yet, but within a within a couple of weeks, we'll have a pretty major announcement. From a racing perspective, I've had a chance to to jump into the Class Eleven, uh, jump in a little bit of the the Snore series, um, a little bit of the Baja. MP's in all of those. MP is woven through all those stories. Um, then Drag Days. You know, we're out at Irwindale last month. We're we'll be back there the day after our open house on the 18th. Um, Empy is, is part of all of those different racing scenes, and um, it, it makes me feel really in the right place. How how well established and how well accepted Empy is in all these different kinds of racing series 
where some sort of air-cooled motor is making it happen. Yeah. No, I think uh, uh, I'm excited to see what's coming up because, like I said, because of your guys' position and where you can be, your procurement, all those things, I think uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And uh, I, I'm looking, you know, I've got hope that the, the biggest brand that we have in the market can really do something to, to get people motivated and, and, and excited about building cars because the platform's there, the infrastructure's there, all it can do is either grow or die. Right, right. And it's up to the people in charge yep. to make that happen. And I'm, and I'm always optimistic that something, that something good can be coming around the corner because every time you think that the, the hobby's reached a pinnacle, you just see it move again, Yep. you know? So it's definitely interesting. Yep. Well, anything you wanted to leave us with before you wrap up in particular we might've missed? Uh, just come out and see us uh, Saturday the 18th at the MP Open House. Yep. So that's at the MP headquarters in Anaheim from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Okay. We'll I'll be, be there. at Prado. Thank you. We'll be at uh, Prado next Sunday. We'll be at uh, Bug In the, the day after our open house. Follow us on social if you're not already. You MP it. underscore Inc. Come to Facebook. Check out our YouTube. We've got tons of content. More coming every day. Fantastic. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time for us today. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate right. it. Thanks. Well, I know that podcast was as long as you guys hoped it would be. So maybe I'll give you some bonus content on this podcast. I know that I've been uh, trying to get back in the groove of things here at my house ever since my little trip to Mexico and between uh, stuff getting fixed and repaired and all kind of other things going on and going to the hospital for a few things uh, to get things situated once I got out of uh, out of Mexico and back home, I started having a, a, a different perspective on taking care of some things. So I went and got some dental work done, got some, got some braces on my mug. Uh, after that, I think it was like a week later, I went in and had a long delayed incisional hernia operation. And that kind of set me back for a little bit. But for the most part, I've just been back here uh, trying to get things put back to normal. There's other things I've been working on that haven't had me working on my Volkswagens enough. And I know I really want to get future shock dialed in as far as uh, the transmission. It's got a little bit of a leak on it. So it requires taking a little bit of fluid, probably just from sitting all those years of the, uh, the seals shrank up a little bit. So the plan is to get that tranny dropped, taken over to uh, Daniel Artigas and have him seal it up for me so I can get it back in there. Just trying to make some time for that. Of course, it's hot as Hades right now. Uh, not as hot at my house as it is in Georgia's shop, but it's hot nonetheless. So you get home a little bit out of gas to work on stuff. And I got this big, beautiful garage that's full of a bunch of crap. So on the docket is to get that thing cleaned up. Speaking of the docket, we went to Barrett-Jackson about a week ago, and there was a ton of VW buses there, and they were all Brazilian buses. I thought there was even an early bus, but nope. Every bus that was there was a Brazilian bus, and the average price they were selling for was right around thirty-five grand. Uh, it was pretty interesting to see all these buses because they're just so they're so uh, specifically unique to the Brazilian market as far as all the oddities that are there. But you can definitely tell they're all Brazilian. They're they've all you know, and, and we may do a podcast on that specifically, kind of the Brazilian market saturation. Uh, it's tough to see all the different things that they do. If you watch the little Instagram video that I did, there's a lot of differences. Uh, you know, these minor differences on those buses that just make them so odd. I know a friend of mine has one, and uh, they had converted it to a 21 window down there before they shipped it here. When it got here, he wanted to redo it, and then he ordered new window sills and whatnot. 
and the window seals weren't fitting. So the windows were actually a different shape and length than the original uh, skylights were that were factory VW. So the original seals wouldn't work. So that was a pretty interesting. One of the many interesting changes that are there. The sun bug that was there sold for quite a bit of money. That thing ended up crossing the uh, crossing the stage at $33,000. What was interesting about that car in particular is it was a restoration. It wasn't like an all original. Uh, there was an epilogue edition. That car ended up selling for uh, around 30000 as well, which that one was restored also. You know, uh, just interesting to me that they would sell for that kind of money. You know, you had on a Thursday, you had that 68 Beetle go across for 16,000 bucks. And, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but hey, somebody bought it. I know there was a, there was a 2004 uh, lifted new Beetle and that thing sold for uh, $3,800. So that's pretty interesting. Um, in respect to the buses there, you know, all 75s, you know, it's just really unique. I think the I think the uh, one sold for forty four grand. The ninth, the quote unquote nineteen sixty one. The other twenty three windows sold for sixty two thousand, which was of of course a Brazilian one. Uh, the nineteen sixty twenty one window that one sold for ninety nine thousand. But you know this, uh, you know I, I looked at all the cars that were there and. Um, you know, they were, they were what they are, you know, so it's interesting to me that the kind of money that they were pulling, you know, another 60 grand for the, for the 1974 green 23 window recreation, uh, you know, everything there was, they were all Brazilians, all the buses there. So, um, I was surprised at how much they were going for. I mean, based on the $99,000 one, I didn't average them accurately, but based on that average, I'd say they were selling for about $60,000. Um, you know, would I buy one? You know, if I just wanted to look, I don't see the problem. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see the long-term effect it has on the on the scene because, you know, it's, it's pulling down the scene a little bit for the 23 windows, but then I, I it may it may not be, you know, so... I personally think that it's it's for that guy that just wants that trophy bus in his garage and really the rest of his car buddies don't know what it is. That's kind of the deal on that. Being down there was it was a new venue for Barrett Jackson. They normally have it at the Mandalay Bay. This year they were having it at the West Hall at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Big big hall, fully spread out. Really it was really cool to go through there cuz you could see all of the all the cars like in one room shot. So you could check out the cars, follow them down the line, go across the stage. Everything was kind of in this one big area. And I like the venue that was there this year. If you guys haven't been, it's always worth going just to check it out. It's cool to see a lot of cars. Of course, I fell in love with about 100 cars. I'm not going to lie. One of my favorite cars out there is the Fastback Eleanor style Mustang. Uh, I just I just love the look. I don't care how cheesy it is. It's just such a good looking car. There was, there was I mean... Square body Chevys were all the rage and they were selling for all all over the price range. So and I know a lot of you guys are into the same things, the square body Chevys, the OBSs, a lot of those different things that are out there. But Bear Jackson overall this year, it was the first time that I've seen nothing but Brazilian buses. And uh, I'm surprised that one sold for ninety nine thousand. I mean, it was a, it was a decent, uh, decent bus and it was 
you know, maybe it was the right, the right setup for somebody. I don't know. You know, uh, it, it was not my cup of tea, but then again, I'm not the guy, I'm not the guy buying it. And these things were coming out of, uh, this was a Brazilian bus as well. You know, um, I'm shocked, you know, I'm shocked at what it went for, but maybe it was a couple bitters that were putting them back. It had a good color tone to it. The restoration on it was, was okay. Uh, it definitely wasn't one that I've seen that have gone for a hundred grand. So I don't know, man, maybe a lot of drinking, a lot of cocktails were behind that purchase, but at any rate, that's what was going on with that. Other things that I had a chance to go to, uh, I know we've got SEMA coming up later on this year, so we'll definitely be bringing you guys some SEMA information. Now, when I was at the VW Classic with George, I ended up picking up a wiring harness for the 65 bucks. It's got the original wiring harness in it, and I'll probably be getting ready to tackle that project. We'll do a video. I know George's got a bunch of videos I need to get edited. He's got to bring me the content so I can get it edited and put on our YouTube channel. In addition to that, our YouTube channel has been updating some of the interviews. I have probably another 20 interviews that I've done that I do have video content for. I just haven't had the time to edit it. So I'm working on that. I'm uh, coming up with a couple ideas for possibly uh, a miniature film slash documentary of one of the topics I've covered fairly heavily. But I've got a lot of audio content. And I'd really like to get something to put together. It's really deserving of, uh, I think, a video some video content along with the audio stuff that I do have. But I think uh, for now, you know, I'm waiting on getting my Type 34 Gia moving. I haven't touched that thing in a while. I dropped the motor off to old speed 2276 that I had sitting here for forever, for a long, long time. I took it down to Russell over there. Stacy went through it, put it back together. I got to go by there and drop off the carburetors. Of course, nobody wants me to bring the 42 DCNFs over there, but I got 42 DCNFs for that motor. They're going to go on it, uh, leaving it pancake style for the Type 34. I really, in my head, keep going over and over thinking I should do a different engine setup on there, make, maybe big Type 4 or whatever, but I, I'm more suited just to get a car on the ground and together. Um, and so thinking about that, I'm looking for that uh, some Greek key fabric that I can have for the seats to go along with the seat, the theme for Zorba the Gia. So if you guys know of any uh, kind of ocean blue, Greek key, velour fabric, send me some links. You guys know my email to get to me at that so that I can put that finishing touch in the interior. I'd like to get that going. Had my wheels and bumpers at a powder coat and chrome shop. Then the powder coat and chrome shop got bought out. So I got to get by there this week, follow up with those guys and see where my parts are. So at least I can get this Type 34 Gia sitting on the ground. I do have uh, some a couple sets of wheels for it. Uh, we switching it up just to keep things interesting. But I plan to get get on that and get in gear. The uh, you guys might have saw my Instagram post in regards to the Mach 11 bug that had a transmission issue, and uh, I was surprised when I opened it up at what the issue was. Uh, the previous owner wanted an early ring and pinion. They don't made up to the late model um, side CV flanges, but, uh, you know, whatever. It required eight bolts, and there was two in there. And I think the guy made a comment about it. Was, it was kind of strange the way the whole thing went down on Instagram. You guys can go see the thread on there, and it's a death by suicide um, by the guy who's talking trash. I didn't even call him out, and I just kind of said, like, I just put a funny post I saw. I had an audio clip that I saved and I thought this was perfect for it. Kind of like, oh crap, can you, you really believe that 
you would kind of cut corners like that. At any rate, man, uh, my intent wasn't to call anybody out, but hey, it is what it is. So I got a new tranny in the Mach 11. I'll probably put that cart for sale. I've got a few too many in the stable and I got to start thinning the herd. I keep falling in love with things, picking them up and then figuring I'll bomb them around and cruise them. And then I get to where the more I drive the car, the more I want to mod it, the more I want to spend money on it, the more I think like, all right, maybe I need to sell it to somebody else that can enjoy it. Because with the Mach 11, for example, the wheels look cool on it, but the offset's wrong and it pushes the wheels out and they rub on the fenders if you're trying to turn. So unless you're quote unquote off-roading it in a straight line, you can't really turn, you know, the wheels and tires and, and get full articulation. And when I'm used to driving other stuff like my Can-Am and things like that, where I don't get a bunch of tire rub and things of that nature, it kind of makes it a hassle to drive. So then I want to get widened fenders or change the wheels for a different offset so that they're underneath the fenders. And so to avoid all that, because I've got so many other projects that require my attention. Yeah, remember, I've got the Type 34 Gia. I've got the Bull Run bus down at Georgia shop, which is in the middle of the process of getting redone. Uh, I finally got a piece from Demon Motorsports. I had my rear suspension piece showed up. So we're going to section that in and weld it in. I'm still waiting on the front suspension. But I got something so at least I can get moving forward on the Bull Run bus because that thing is now going on two years. It's been down, uh, which I was really reluctant to, to start the whole thing because she was old trusty. Uh, I had a little issue with the carbon cab driving it not long ago. The belt popped off, come back from Cars and Coffee. I got in my garage. I felt a little shutter in the drivetrain, shut it off. Didn't even think about it until the next time I was in my garage. A week later, fired it up, felt super weird, opened the deck lit up, and there was no fan belt on the motor. So I may have dropped a seat. Kind of a huge bummer because that was the go-to trusty uh, double cab. So uh, we'll see. We're going to get working on that thing, get that dude dialed back in. I like to have all my stuff running, but when you got this much stuff, man, it's – it's always an ordeal. So, well, that kind of gets you guys caught up on what I'm up to over here. Uh, make sure that you guys share the podcast, give a five-star review, pick up some merch to support the podcast, and don't forget to share it with a friend. Most importantly, share it with a friend. I mean, our listenership is growing quite a bit every month, uh, and I'm super stoked at, at the amount it's growing. We've got listeners all over the world and uh, just had a recent review from Norway that I looked up and uh, for whatever reason I didn't see it so where I could uh, give a shout out this week but at any rate uh, keep listening guys I appreciate you and if you guys have any topics one thing I did want to mention before I get get on with it is um, there was that special edition bug the sun bug convertible and I'm on a Facebook page of the special edition super beetles I want to do a super beetle special on the Super Beetles, all the different models, all the idiosyncrasies and details that make a Super Beetle a Super Beetle, get, do a deep dive in the McPherson strut. And I reached out to John uh, Chabot, that you know is a contributor writer for Hot VWs. He's retired. He's from Top Line. He's the guy that people directed me to. Reached out to him a couple of times. Doesn't seem super interested to do a podcast, so I can't chase people down. Um, you know, so if you guys know anybody out there, that's the special edition super beetle guy or the super beetle dude guru to talk to uh shoot me that information dm me or send me a message on facebook or you got my email bill at let's talk dubs.com got more content coming up for you guys next week we'll release lizard motorsports will be coming out next week on the podcast but for now guys 
Get out in the garage, turn some wrenches, and get your rides ready for Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend coming up October 7th and 8th. Don't forget to go to letstalkdubs.com, click on Showtime, and get the room reservation code and book your spaces now. Pay for your registration, for your car show, for your poker run, all the stuff now so that you don't get pushed out because I, I may have to limit some people on the poker run. So um, make sure you guys get that under your belt so when you don't, I don't want you showing up in Vegas and being a little bit bummed out. Um, other than that, guys, keep doing it to it. Get out in the garage, turn some wrenches, man. And until next week, later. Here's a Volkswagen that's big enough. The new VW Fastback Sedan. The Fastback also has the most powerful engine we've ever made. It's air-cooled. Since we made a VW that's a little roomier in the inside, and in the back, where most cars have their trunks, we have a... Come into your Volkswagen dealer. He'll show you where the motor is.